Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got a mission to find the best sun that's ever been on Glee. There's no rhyme or reason to it, so don't get mad at me. We've got Andrew and Allison, who run the show, but it's the Gleek of the Week, who's the head on show. Glacket by Glacket, we'll rank everyone to see which song will move closer to spot number one. Gleek of the Week, Gleek. I am so thrilled to be joined by the executive music producer of Glee and writer and director of the new hit film, Journey to Bethlehem, Adam Anders. Adam, how's everything going today? It's going well. Great to be here. Um, I'm tired. So if I sound weird and I start saying odd things, it's because I barely slept. I started 5 a.m. this morning with press. So. Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you because the, the strike has since ended. So for a while, it was you at the front line of doing all of that press. How was that for you? It still is. Um, I think the cast finally started yesterday. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, it's been really hard. The strike was really hard on us. Um, you know, how do you release a movie, especially grassroots campaign, which what, what we had for this movie with no cast. Which yeah. Is kind of everything. And we're early for Christmas, so it was a challenge. But now we've got them back, so... Yeah. Um, I can maybe finally sign off and say, have fun, guys. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I saw the movie last night. I was sent a screener by, by your incredible yeah. team. And um, I loved it. I feel oh, like awesome. I went to a Catholic high school. So I feel like I've okay. seen this story uh, mm-hmm. on film a number of times. But like, I mean this with my entire heart that like this is easily my favorite rendition of this story. Like the greatest story ever told is what they Thank call so it. Much. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was just so fun. And I thought it, all the music there, each song had like a specific brand to it, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, in some musicals, it's like a rehash of every song. But I really loved it. Incredible work. Thank you so much. I'm glad you loved it. Yeah, I mean, if you like Glee, you'll probably like this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> frankly. <laughs> yeah, I was like listening to it. And I was like, okay, I feel like there's the Glee uh, paw print on there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, look, I am what I am. And, uh, you know, Nikki, my wife and pair, my production partner, you know, we did Glee. Um, so that's what we do. It's our sound. And it definitely came out in this movie too. Um, in a good way. I mean, obviously people like that and, mm-hmm. um, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to do the Glee nativity. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll Glee-tivity? talk about Is that a word? I, Glee-tivity. I think so. <laughs> Glee-tivity. Glee-tivity? I think maybe glitivity. Yeah. <laughs> um, whatever works. Uh, we'll talk about all things Glee, but I really wanted to talk about at the beginning of this interview, all things Journey to Bethlehem. Yeah. What sort of um, musicals 
inspired uh this movie for you honestly fiddler on the roof was my north star when i was making oh, this movie great one. Um, i love that movie so much um and it's very grounded and has the sisters and there's a betrothal like a marriage you know didn't get to choose her husband all these themes that are in that movie are so similar and um and even the horse that follows tevia around that's his best yeah. friend is donkey in my movie would marry and there were so many things i felt like um were a great correlation to that movie it's just one of my favorite movies of all time. Now, I had, you know, 30 days to shoot my movie, and they did one scene for 30 days, so not quite fair comparison. But <laughs> uh, but no, that movie I love, and it was a big inspiration for me. And then another inspiration, honestly, was just oil paintings of the nativity, you know, the way the movie looks. Um, yeah. I just I spent a lot of time in museums, uh, especially in Spain, the Prado in Madrid. Half the, half the place is nativity paintings. Yeah. And it's fascinating, and they're so beautiful, and those rich colors. I wanted it to be that, and for that to come alive uh, in my movie as well. But, um, but yeah, I mean, look, we're all in, we all have find our inspiration in different places. And for me, it's movies like Fiddler on the Roof, Sound of Music, the classic musicals. Yeah. Uh, then also, you know, The Greatest Showman, the way that mixed period with modern, and you know, there's just a lot of things to to pull from. Yeah. And what I really enjoy, I enjoyed so much about this movie. But one thing that I was surprised to really love about this movie was the the sense of humor um, mm. in it, where I feel like in a lot of retellings of this story, it's a little dry and very serious <laughs> and kind of hard to get through. Um, yep. But there was, you know, such an element of fun in this, like you were saying with the fiddler and the roof comparison, I think that's a great relation. You know, there's, you know, an element of humor and fun there. So I loved it. I don't think you can make a family movie, which is what this is at the heart. Yeah. It's for the whole family. And because what you do at the holidays is you gather your whole family. So mm -hmm. I wanted everyone to watch this and enjoy it uh, at Christmas time. And to do that, you have to have comedy. My kids won't stick around if they don't laugh. It's not going to yeah. happen. Right. It's and not going to permeate why, through. Yeah. No, no. Every one of the depictions of the story is just a slog and nobody smiles. Mary has no point of view. She right. never smiles. She's a doormat, basically. That's an incubator for a baby. Um, that was <laughs> that was not. That's not how I imagined it. She was human. She was a person, anyway, at some point, mm -hmm. and she had feelings and she had thoughts and she had opinions. And you know, my thought was God probably picked the strongest woman he could find. You know, yeah, for this task. So I started there, and um, and then I just realized, look, this love story has never been talked about, and it's like the original Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Every family movie needs a love story in the middle of it. So here it is, you know, right. he stayed with her when he shouldn't have, you know, and uh, stood by her side. But was it for duty or for love? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to answer that question. And and uh, you have a great villain in Herod. Um, and then you got your comic relief with the three wise guys, the, as I call them, the three stooges of the movie, the three kings. Yeah, very balanced movie. And I, I, I know that you work with your wife, Nikki, who I'm a, a huge fan of, particularly from mm -hmm. the Glee Project, uh, yeah. and um, your brother as well. But I was surprised to see um, uh, Zach Woodley in the opening credits in, involved oh, yeah. as well. What was yeah. it like to collaborate with, with Zach again? Well, he was my first call. I mean, yeah. who else would I do it with? We, we did over 800 numbers together um, mm -hmm. Glee. So, um, and we also worked a little bit on a rock of ages together. He was there a little bit and he's just, you know, he's a very good friend and he, and we understand each other. We have a shorthand that I just could never have with another choreographer. Yeah. Uh, so it was super fun to reunite uh, and to do this and to move to Spain together, you know, and work over there. And uh, it was really just, um, 
you know, he's an extension of my family. You know, I, I was trying to spot where you guys filmed it. That's incredible mm-hmm. that you went to Spain yeah, to shoot this film. Spain on the Mediterranean. I went to Israel and, and Palestine to, to scout. Um, I went all over the place, all, all the way to Jericho and Bethlehem. And, and then I was like, okay, where can I shoot this that looks like this? And just across the Mediterranean on the other side, there's this yeah. place called Spain where a lot of movies are shot from Indiana Jones to oh, wow. uh, Lawrence of Arabia was shot where we shot, um, Game of Thrones, Exodus, all the spaghetti westerns with Clint Eastwood. I mean, the history there is insane. Um, so the crews are great and it looks spectacular. Um, so that's where I went. Yeah. So you have this this Glee family that you are bringing onto this project. How mm-hmm. did working on? I know that you had uh, established career before you did Glee, but how did? What were some of the the tools that you learned from Glee that you were able to utilize on this project? It was a lot. I mean, you can't work next to Ryan Murphy for you know, what now, 15 years and not learn something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's great cinematographers involved in that. There were so many talented people that Ryan assembled, um, even great actors I got to work with um, that I learned how to interact with Oscar winners, you know, yeah. like Gwyneth Paltrow and you had Kate Hudson and you had all these amazing, talented people that would come on the show and uh, they make you raise your game. You know, you have to show up and, and, um, you don't want to let them down. You want to do the highest quality stuff. And right. so all that was beneficial. Then I did the prom with Ryan, which was probably my biggest um, school, I would say, be, like before doing this movie uh, as a lead producer on that and working with Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman and James Corden and Ariana DeBose. And, it doesn't get bigger uh, than that. No, and it was a huge $150 million production. And um that was really huge and gave me a lot of confidence as i went into this movie no that's incredible like yeah like you're saying it's impossible to not learn something Mm -hmm. when when you're Mm -hmm. surrounded by that many talented people that's not something that i like considered but yeah absolutely if you're willing to learn you know sure you know and i'm a bit of a sponge that's just my personality and i'm always wanting to learn something and i'm probably annoying because i'm always asking questions and you know I just like to learn. Uh, I've always been that way inquisitive. And I started as a bass player and I've just kind of worked my way up. You know, no, there's not many directors that started as a bass player. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the route I've taken. And I think that's just been from my curiosity and my desire to create and to keep pushing myself creatively. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I've had, I mean, Rock of Ages, working with Tom Cruise for two years, um, meeting Chris McQuarrie through that. Yeah. With him, who's been a, really huge um, influence for me, you know, especially with this movie with Journey to Bethlehem, when I wasn't sure what liberties I could take, what I was going to get in trouble for, I knew I was going to have a target sign on me because you can't make everyone happy when you take a Bible story. But, um, and he just told me to stop worrying about how accurate your timeline is biblically and just make a great movie. Nobody's going to remember this movie. If it's accurate, they're going to remember if it's great. Mm -hmm. That freed me up, you know? So having those type of voices, speaking to me um, has this helped so much over the years. Right. And I, re- I recall at the end of the movie, they have the, the title card that says, like, there, there were some liberties taken with this story, mm-hmm. which, yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. I wanted to do that. And at the beginning, I wanted to say this is inspired by yeah. uh, a true story. It's not uh, supposed to be a documentary. Um, so, yeah, it, all that stuff, I think, was important. But come on, they didn't break into song and dance to pop music in the Bible either. So. I mean, I, you jazzed it up and I think it's for the better. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Mary's getting married has oh, been yeah. 
in my it's been an earworm all day i'm obsessed that is an earworm i apologize for that one Um, no but in the best way i mean like it's 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 working it's incredible work um and so to close out this um journey to bethlehem uh Mm -hmm. segment um why do you believe i think that the the reasons are endless but why do you believe that gleeks in particular would love this movie and should go out to see it look i think it embodies so much of what glee did humor a heart Mm -hmm. the music the dance, the colors, it's very vibrant, like Glee. It really embodies so much of Glee, if you think about it. Um, yeah. So much of it was influenced by that. And I think it's also co-viewing, like Glee was. You can get together with your family and watch it, just like you did on Glee season one, especially. Right. It was like three generations watching together. And I wanted to create that um, with this movie. And I think it, it checks all the boxes. And just look at how successful all the Glee Christmas albums are, and you'll want to see this Christmas movie. I, I mean, I that. still, I still hear the Glee Christmas music when I oh, when I go out and in the yeah in the world. It's just like oh, there's Darren and there's Chris and Lee and Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's uh, I'm a Gleek. Obviously, I'm the OG Gleek, um, and I made oh, this. I made that yeah. for all of you. I made it for everyone. I didn't make this. It's a Christmas you know movie and, and a biblical story. But I didn't make it for Christians. I made it for everybody. For sure, I really did. And it really, whether you're a believer or not, you're gonna love this movie. It's just a great. Yeah to sit down and uh, first of all go to the theaters while it's in theaters mm-hmm. uh, support us and go see it in theaters and then you're going to want to watch it and repeat at home i think yeah no it's incredible and i can't wait to watch it yeah. again so moving over to the the glee of it all yeah. so i'm curious so you your official title was executive music producer correct on mm-hmm. glee yeah. and so explain to me and all the listeners as well what exactly that entails you know Just anything that had anything to do with the music was my responsibility. Okay. From songs to uh, how we did the songs, who sang the songs, uh, just everything, uh, soup to nuts, you know, with the music. And Mm -hmm. um, I ran a whole, it was kind of like two productions going at the same time. You had what was going on on set, and then you had the music production machine going in parallel. Yeah. And we had to, they couldn't shoot anything unless I delivered the music. Mm -hmm. And if you imagine doing on average, eight songs a week, which is an album, basically. Crazy. And if I don't deliver that, they're not shooting anything next week. Um, and it was just complete chaos. <laughs> so I had uh, I had eight studios. I had, um, you know, in three countries, we had people working. Sweden, obviously, where I'm from, we had a huge team there, huge team here, um, working around the clock um, to, to facilitate all that music. Um, so, yeah, it's... Man, it's hard to explain, but I basically built um, a full movie production, you know, on the side of what they were doing already. Yeah. Um, so we had probably a couple hundred people on the music team. Uh, That's insane. And I recall from your interview with Kevin and Jenna that your your health was even jeopardized as a result of the stress that you were under creating yeah. all this the, iconic music. But the I first mean, season almost killed me. Yeah, literally. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was really bad. Because it was never supposed to be what it was, right? It was supposed to be one or two songs. No problem. Pear and I'll do that. One or and two was, songs. I love it. No problem. <laughs> and then, of course, the music became so popular. Like, we got to pack it with music. Right, and then the more music because they had to churn out um, episodes, and they realized, oh, songs take up a lot of pages on a script, so let's just mm-hmm. put more songs in. There's less <laughs> writing we have to do. I'm like, no, I have to produce all these songs. Stop it! And so we went from one to two songs, you know, let's say, like I said, to six to eight to then twelve or thirteen in some episodes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't do this. It was just Pear and I, 
And um, yeah, it was it was a lot. And we just had a baby um, in the middle of the season, and it was just bad. I was wasn't sleeping at all. I think I went eight days on three hours sleep at one point. Um, it was really bad. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah, it was really terrible. And oh, I couldn't hire people fast enough, and I couldn't stop long enough to find people that were good to hire to try and um, you know divvy out some of the workload. And there's certain things only I can do, yeah, you know, and that only Eric can do. So we had to find his people under us that could do the things that we didn't have to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a bass player, you know, um, and a guitar player, but at some point I'm like, okay, somebody else has to do the bass and do the guitars. I don't have time, you know, yeah. things like that, or editing vocals or recording the cast. I brought my brother in. I, I moved him across the country because I was like, I need a clone now. Yeah, crap, I have one. He lives on the East Coast. So I brought him out and he started recording the cast for me. Uh, so f we kind of got a flow after that first year, but th the first year was horrible and I ended up really sick and in, in the hospital and um, it was, yeah, I didn't really talk about it much, but um, ended up with a tumor in my spinal cord um, that they, it was on my brain stem and it was a mess and That's... they barely got it out. Um, almost killed me. I joked it was the initials RM on the tumor. Right. right. Yeah. We all know who it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not true. I said that once and people thought it was true. I'm like, no, it's not true. <laughs> of course it's not true. But the doctor did say stress, uh, made the, I had an irregular irregularity that the stress made just um, I so mean, it's killer for sure. Yeah, it really, no, for it can really eat you alive. Yeah. But like, I mean, it it was fantastic work. It really did land with so many audiences, but not obviously at the at the sake of your health. That's just yeah. terrible. Yeah, I'm sorry yeah, that that even happened. Gnarly. Um, but I survived, as you can see. Um, and uh, we were off the race once we staffed up and were able to pair move back to Sweden. So we got nine more hours of the day, um, which helped a lot. Mm -hmm. you know, we have to sleep at some point. So when I'm sleeping, he's working and vice versa. And that was it's great. a trade off the baton. Yeah. Really yeah. <laughs> um, so I have so many specific questions about producing Glee music that mm -hmm. I feel like I have some some rapid fire questions for you. So you mentioned that you do listen to Glee music. Do you still listen to it regularly? Do you have it on your iPod? I can't say that I do. Um, That's okay. You know, it's funny. This is a really funny story. So I can't remember which season it was. You know, they give out a rap gift after the seasons. Mm -hmm. and I think we'd hit like three or 400 songs or something. <laughs> and they gave out iPods with all the Glee music on it. Yeah. That was my gift. That was my rap gift. I'm like, guys, I already <laughs> have all the songs. Like, this is the worst gift ever. <laughs> Like, what am I going to do with this? I don't want to hear yeah. these. They almost killed me, these songs. And, <laughs> Just a uh, reminder. An yeah. They're on my computer. I don't need the iPod. Anyway, that was a funny gift. Uh, I guess somebody liked it. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite gift for sure. No, I don't listen to them, but it's fun hearing them. I'm walking the mall. Uh, they'll just come on randomly at a car dealership or yeah. I was in an airport the other day and heard one and it's just fun. Um, that's what I get a kick out of rather than seeking it out when it finds me. Right. Uh, it's the person who did it. It's really fun when it just like, wait a minute, I did that. That's cool. Yeah. Do you have you know, a, do you have a favorite Glee song that comes to mind? I, I, well, don't stop believing because it started at all. Right. Um, but my favorite, um, moment is, is probably the, the Adele mashup rumor has it or something like that. I you. mean, I have questions about so for the <laughs> the Adele mashup that changed that changed the whole scope of things that was huge game. Yeah. yeah well bravo to you you did you I don't even I can't even begin to comprehend combining I remember seeing like a a spoiler ahead of time that these two songs are going to be mashed up and I'm like 
how do these songs even like work together? So what is the process of like combining those two? You know, it's funny. I think I might have said it on the the other podcast, but Billboard, I did an interview with Billboard and they asked me this question, what is a mashup? And I said, well, you take two really <laughs> great songs yeah. and then you put them together and you make a really average one. Uh, that's my description of a mashup. Not the, the case part, here, though. Now and then, we got it right. Um, yeah. But, I mean, some were just ridiculous. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is what we're yeah. doing right now? <laughs> but sometimes we just, uh, it really worked. And, and that Adele one was really special. And Because um, it wasn't just what we did musically. It was the performance on the show. The choreography that Zach did was spectacular. It was so subtle. Um, yeah. It just stuck with me right away. I just thought that whole thing just came together in a magical way. But it was a fun story because Adele didn't clear the songs. She wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to do it anyway and then to send it to her to try and convince her. That and did that good. happen with, with other artists as well that you got denied but you still oh. went forward? We got denied on the pilot. The reason we ended up with Don't Stop Believing is because we couldn't get Coldplay song. Mm-hmm. Viva La Vida, I think it was. Right. Um, but once we became a hit, everybody wanted their songs in the show. Uh, it's just in the beginning, it's hard to get people uh, to buy in. But then there yeah. were some things like, you know, we wanted some ro- like rock bands music in there. And I can't remember who it was, but uh, they denied us. And um, gosh, who was it? I think like Slash, I remember. Was that? I don't want, it was, no, it was the British guys, the brothers. Um, what is his name? He's really... Gosh, I'm spacing. It doesn't matter. But they we said <laughs> they said no, and then Ryan got mad, and he like put out a statement saying that they hate children. <laughs> Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. And I was sitting in his office, and he's like, and then and then I guess um, what uh, the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl yeah. came to their defense and said, no, no rock band will ever give a song to Glee again, and you know whatever. They went crazy. It was like a whole thing, and and Ryan's sitting there going, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, yeah, no, that <laughs> <laughs> wasn't the best idea. Come to think of it, there wasn't really a lot of rock representation, like like real like. We rock. got Van Halen a lot. Which yeah, was cool. um, yeah. But other than that, we got some Queen was great. I loved Queen. Sure. Loved doing the Queen stuff. Um, and the Van Halen stuff was great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. Um, I don't know if I ever told the story. We did Jump by Van Halen, and I was recording at Henson Studios in Hollywood. Uh, another episode and I got a phone call in the studio uh, and I pick up my cologne and, and they go, yes, we, we have, uh, uh, gosh, I'm so tired. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Who's saying jump? Help me. Oh, that Van Helen. Yeah. Wait, um, oh, I don't know the front man's name. I'm David sorry. Lee Roth. Thank you. Okay. You got it. Uh, David Lee Roth is on the phone. I'm like, what? I'm like, hello. Yeah, it's David. Uh, do you mind if I come over? I'm next door recording. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> So the next thing I know, four bodyguards come in, yeah. cameramen, and then here comes David Roth with a silver metallic suit on and sunglasses. Yeah. And he walks in carrying champagne and, and a Dom Perignon. <laughs> and uh, he wanted to celebrate the number one that we had with Jump because he wrote it and performed it. And I love it. To be next door, and he invites me to lunch next door. So we go back to his studio, and they've brought in a jungle into the studio. Yeah. And we're like going through this jungle, like Gilligan's Island or something. <laughs> in the middle, there's a buffet, and it's just him uh-huh. and I standing in the middle of a jungle in the studio, eating like chicken fingers from a buffet. Wait, that's so funny. It was so <laughs> weird. And I'm like, we, there's nothing to talk about. We're like, oh, hey, yeah, so how's the weather? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I said, but I didn't drink the champagne. I asked him to sign it for me, uh, and I still have <laughs> it in good. my bar. There's this David Lee Roth Dom Perignon. 
Oh, that's a good memory. Yeah, I love really it. Fun. Well, I, I while perusing your Wikipedia earlier today, I saw that there were so many number ones, obviously, throughout Glee. But I think that one facet was that for one specific episode, seven of the 10 top 10 iTunes were from Glee from the episode, nine. like original nine. Out of 10. Nine? Yeah. nine out of 10. That's and, incredible and the to have that to your name. Have was one we covered. So, oh, <laughs> really? wait, do you recall what song it was? Um, I don't remember now what song it was we covered. I think it was a pink song, like Raise Your Glass or something. Oh, yeah. So oh, it was God. in there twice, our version, which was the Warblers, I think. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And we had the number one song, which was um, uh, Loser Like Me, which was an original. Yeah. The number two song was another original that we wrote called uh, Get It Right. Right. And we had all these other songs. And then we had 50 of the top 100 uh, on the charts, too, at the same That's... time. It was, it was insane. It was like the Beatles, man. Um, the, the, I mean, I'm sure it feels like surreal to to have but i mean like you're also working so tire tirelessly mm -hmm. that it's like well i should be nine out of the ten that's how i would feel anyway i didn't have time to even to some degree appreciate it um i was mm -hmm. like my manager oh look i'm like oh that's cool and i'd have to get back to work because i didn't have a deadline yeah. and yeah uh it just was so non-stop we really didn't have a chance to appreciate some of the insanity mm -hmm. i did tell the kids as i call them because uh, you know i'm a little older than the actors um to try and appreciate this because this doesn't happen. I'd been around long enough to know this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. So that was good at least that I had that success with Glee when I'd already had success in my career. I'd already, already done a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I appreciated the fact that this is crazy. Like what's That's, happening right now is not the normal. global scale. Yeah. yeah. But I was yeah. still uh, so stressed the whole time that it was hard to just smell the roses the whole time. What was the most difficult song to produce? Probably the most difficult and most fun was Bohemian Rhapsody. I can imagine, um, yeah. That was that was awesome. I mean, we recorded vocals for three straight days. Like we barely slept. We were just yeah. It's the like the craziest arrangement. Um, so that was a lot of work, super hard, but man, it was fun. When we finished that thing, it was just a party. I mean, it's incredible. It's like I could re I could watch it every single day of my life. It's it's just yeah. insane. The yeah. production of it all, obviously the vocals and everything. Was there a song that you were surprised to find? to be difficult i mean there's always songs that were hard where like when we did west side story you know america um mm -hmm. things like that they're just those arrangements are so insane and they spent you know months on them and we have a couple days to try and recreate them yeah it's just so it's such an impossible task um mm -hmm. so things like that were really challenging um i don't know if there was a song where we were like um, we, we kind of, we're pretty good at knowing what's going to be hard and what isn't. So we were rarely shocked to like, mm -hmm. they say, do this song and we'd listen to it and we're like, oh crap. Um, this yeah. is going to be a nightmare. Um, there were other things that were super fun. Like I remember the acapella I did of the Warblers version of, um, Blackbird. Um, I stayed up all night doing that. Um, just, it was just me in my studio doing it all, all night. And that was really cathartic. Um, I wouldn't call it hard, but it was special. Yeah. Um, but it took a long time. You know, it's a lot of vocals on that. Um, but things like that. Um, but never were we surprised when something was hard. We expected it. Yeah. Where is there a song that you truly just detest from Glee or <laughs> a mashup or something that you don't care for? Oh, gosh. I probably blocked it out. Um, there were a couple of mashups that were stinkers for sure. They had no business being together. There was one where it was like two time signatures. There was a three, four song that they put with a four, four song. I'm like, you can't do this. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? And it's awful. Um, and I don't remember what it was, but it was terrible. <laughs> uh, there were a couple of originals where they wrote lyrics in the writing room 
So the writers just wrote lyrics and they just handed it to me like, we need a song tomorrow. And I'm like, these are bad lyrics. Like, what am I supposed to do with this uh, big ass heart or whatever? (laughs) It's just like, yeah, a big ass heart didn't, it didn't land for me, but you know, Trouty now. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) It was so terrible. Uh, I got really good at predicting what was going to work and what wasn't um, because It's not often you get to do something like this where you can do a body of work each week and then immediately get feedback as a creative from the world. Oh, that is right? interesting. Amazing experience. And that taught me to trust my instincts because almost always, if I liked it, it was popular. Yeah. And so you really talked about my movie too. With, um, with, you talked about with Kevin and Jenna, the we are young of it all. So yeah. you mm-hmm. knew that this was going to be a hit. But what surprised me when listening to that interview was that I was under the impression that all of the songs in the episode were selected by Ryan Murphy and, and co where it, it was, we are young. Was that a personal selection from you or like, how did the, do you get any say in what songs are going to be featured in the episode? Ryan Murphy always sign off on the songs, uh, but mm-hmm. Ryan Murphy and co existed of me and PJ Bloom and some other people yeah. finding songs. It was really PJ's job to find songs technically as a music supervisor. My job was to create the, the versions, you know, produce them and arrange yeah. them and record them um, and execute. But a lot of times Ryan wouldn't like, so he couldn't just find a song that he liked. So he'd then come to me and go, give me some other ideas, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, which wasn't rare. He knew how busy I was. So um, if I had to pick the songs all the time, then uh, the whole machine would come to a screeching halt. Um, so, but Ryan always, you know, he started looking at the charts a lot. You go, that's a hit song. Let's do that one. Yeah. Um, which I, I liked sometimes, uh, but I also pr- liked when he dug some oldies out and, mm-hmm. you know, some things that you that we could introduce to a new generation. I mean, yeah. Glee fans think Don't Stop Believing is a Glee song, a Glee original. You know? Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so, uh, no, so it was definitely Ryan and company. You know, it was Ryan and then he would get suggestions mostly from PJ and his team. Yep. And then for me sometimes, and then he'd choose, you know, it's simple. There were times I would actually say, I have this song, I have this idea, mm-hmm. like out of nowhere, put this in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this, uh, there was a number one we had with Leah, and right now I can't think of the song, but I made it into a ballad for her, and I said, this will be a number one if we do this. And he he's like, really? This makes no sense to me. I'm like, trust me, if you ever can find a place where these lyrics work, and he did, and it became a number one. And now we got to figure out what song that was. But Is that, is that Get It Right? No, that was an original no. we wrote. No, this is a cover, a very unexpected cover, and I can't think of it. It'll come to me. If you uh, have any more context, this clues, is some trivia fun... for the fans. Figure out I mean... which song <laughs> is a very unexpected number one uh, for Leah, and I believe it was a male artist originally. Okay, it, it might have been Usher or somebody of the. Oh, sort. without you. Yes, is it without you. Yeah, oh, you're doing the trivia. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you say goes. <laughs> You're right. You win. But I need, I yeah. need the validate the the personal yeah. in moment validation from you. And it is. It's without you. So he's like, oh, really? okay. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Like, this is gonna kill. Uh, and, and it did. And it went number one. It did hit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Sorry, guys. No. Sorry, we'll I I spoiled the fun. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm sorry. If, if if they can ever forgive me. Uh, um. <laughs> what other what other songs w- did Ryan come to you with that you have like your stamp on? Like it's this was a personal selection from you to include in the episode. Do you recall? There was a song called "Roost Before Branches" that Leah. Did. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Nikki and I, my wife and I, that was our top ten hit as artists when we were on Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so we'd done that as artists. We wrote that ourselves in our apartment in New York City years before Glee ever happened. And it was our own story. And I sent it to him. I said, if you ever find a use for this song. And he's like, I love the song. We're doing it next week. You know, and he put Lee on it. And, uh, and that was also, I mean, a huge moment in the series, too. Mm-hmm. That must have been so validating that it was the last song of season three. You know, yeah. she's off to New York. Yeah, that's it's huge. Very, very cool. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Um, and that's Ryan, too. Ryan, if something really matters to you, he'll do it. You know, he, yeah. he's really cool that way. I feel like I read somewhere, maybe this was when the that episode was coming out, that that song was originally going to be Marry the Night by Lady Gaga, but then it shifted to Roots Before Branches. Do you, mm-hmm. Does that ring true at all? Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, swapped them out because I didn't pitch it for that episode. Mm-hmm. And then he just loved it. And he's like, I'm putting it in now. Let's get rid Here of it. Here we go. Yeah, it's, I mean, Mary the Night was later covered by Adam Lambert a few seasons later, so uh-huh. it all worked out. It did work um, There's a great singer. Yeah, oh my wow, gosh. Also, you reunited with Leah Michelle in 2019 to work on her album Christmas in the City. What is it like yeah. working with Leah? Always great. Um, I love Leah. Um, we, um, yeah, she, we did that record at my house um, in here in LA and had so much fun. Because, uh, you know, Glee had ended in like 15, 2015. So that was like 2018, I think we made there. So it was like three, four years after Glee. And yeah. it was really special just to hang out and, and make just her music and write songs we'd never written with her. So mm-hmm. uh, we wrote, you know, Christmas in New York together, um, which was a single from that album. And uh, just really a special time. She's an amazing talent. She's really, I mean, she's showing it. I couldn't be happy happier for her what's going on with Funny Girl. I mean, she was born to play that yeah. role. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, she grew up a lot on the show, you know, um, and it, it's interesting cause all the stuff she went through too, with, you know, all the stuff, all the junk, we don't have to rehash, but mm-hmm. the reality is that she had the entire show on her shoulders. Um, she felt a lot of pressure. She was very young. It all happened very fast. It was an unbelievable amount of demand on these kids. Um, and when you're tired and when you're overworked and when you're stressed out and you're in those vulnerable moments, but you still have to be exposed to the world, things happen, you know, yeah. and this is not necessarily who you are, but she's an upper New York, you know, a tough girl. And she says stuff, you know, off the cuff and that's who she is, you know? And, um, mm-hmm. but I know her heart and she's, she's really, um, yeah, has a special place in my heart for sure. Yeah, I think it was uh, Jenna talked a bit about it on their podcast that like it's just, you know, it's the product of just being overworked. It sounds like you were all overworked to a, a certain extent that it was just like it, those bad qualities are, you know, Amplified. they will rise to the top mm-hmm. when it's well, like you're just we yeah, all have bad moments, you know, and, and but exactly. you're, those, you're not allowed. We'd have those at home and private. Nobody ever knows about it. Yeah. You know, with these with these actors and on set and with social media and everything, they'll take that moment and just crucify you with it. And it's unfair. Sure. And the reality is, um, you know, they were all young and immature and it was all crazy and over the top and mm-hmm. you know, they've grown up a lot. She's not the same person she was then. Well, and also, I mean, I've just been, we all have, I feel been like society has been keeping a close eye on people that have been, you know, um, scrutinized in the past and we mm-hmm. haven't heard anything um, since the initial call out. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I, I, whatever. I think that she's, yeah, it's, it's all. I love Leah. Um, yeah. She's the one I could always, she's always the one who emails. Oh yeah. She's always the one who checks. In. 
She's always the one who brought a gift for my kids. She's always the one, you know, she's that person. She really is. Nobody talks about that, you know, and and now there were other people too. I'm not saying she's the only one. I'm just saying she's that type of person. She's very loving and very caring, but she's got this when she gets stressed out and, and pissed off, you know, she comes off fighting and swinging and she's New Yorker and Mm -hmm. uh, she was under an unbelievable amount of pressure. And um, personally, um, I don't know that I would have done any better. Yeah. On a much later note, yes, I really wanted to talk to you about these unreleased Glee songs and oh. what it will take to um, release them to the public. <laughs> what does it? What? Who do I need to talk to? Is there a change petition thing that everybody needs to sign? Where are like? I don't know. What's the deal? That's a great question. I don't know where they are. Um, you know, here's the thing that's funny with technology is like the computers we did those on probably don't even turn on anymore. Oh. Um, so they might have like died in a yeah, horrible bin, like a computer recycling bin. I don't know. Um, is but that the only copy? Someone has them because I sent them to someone at some point. So someone at Fox or someone at PJ Bloom's office, Ryan's office, somebody has these unreleased masters uh, somewhere. Okay. And I couldn't for the life of me tell you what they are or what they're called because I did 817 songs mm-hmm. and I can name five. <laughs> at right. this point, it's all. So I did this interview it's with. It's all with, five Don't Stop Believings. Yeah. No, but I, I did this interview with, like you alluded to Jenna and, and Kevin, and I said, they're like, is there any song you wish you would have done? And I named a song, and then somebody went in my comments saying, you did do that song. Yeah. I think it was The I'm Winner like, Takes It All, and I was like, yeah. I, I guess I talked him into it in the final season. I don't remember. It's all a blur. I just know for years I asked him, can we do this song? And he always said no. And then I guess we did. At some point, yeah. It was so funny because you mentioned like the winner takes it all, and you were like, "I wish that we did sound of music." And I was like, "Well, we did we sound, of music. Did sound of music as well." I know I, I was correct on that. A few of the, my favorite things. That's right, but we didn't do enough sound of music. How about that? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Never yeah. enough sound of music. Never enough sound of music. Um, well, I mean, for I for one, and I know that there's a lot of people behind me. We need these 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 tracks to see the light of day. Uh, yeah, we will yeah. spend top dollar. Oh, you know, it could be cool. Is all the demos we did with us singing instead? That's an interesting. Oh, thing. please, anything, yeah. any more glontent? We're That's we're hungry thing. for it. Glontent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have the glativity and glontent now. Yeah, I mean, there's we can do this all day. Um, but I won't keep you much longer. I I understand that there's also a Glee theme song that is also. Did you work on that? I wrote or? it. Yeah, I okay. wrote it. Used it. Um, it was super cute. My wife sang it. Uh huh. Um, and it's this really cute thing to an animated intro to the show. And it just it just didn't and make the I'll, cut. I'm just gonna say there were chickens involved. Um, but chickens aren't even like. <laughs> nearly even like a vocal part of this show and yet and there they Spy were Fox probably killed it I, don't know. <laughs> I did 19 versions of this freaking song with every cast member everything you can think of and then fox killed it i thought it was really cute but uh do you remember how it goes can you sing a little sample I, I, i'm just gosh, anything something like that it was like a swing band almost song like a really jazzy kind of thing it was fun yeah you know what that's that's more than enough thank you so yeah. much for it. <laughs> entertaining yeah. me like it's that. actually really good but yeah. i understand why i didn't make it this glee that was probably enough for the show yeah but i still 
want it for the record. Um, the okay, and then final question. Obviously, your your wife Nikki, icon, legend, the moment, a huge fan of her work from the Glee Project. I'm curious, how did she even get attached to the Glee Project? What was that conversation like? Um, well, originally it was gonna be me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have time. It was uh-huh. physically impossible. I think I appeared in like an episode or something um, briefly. Yeah. In the season just, one finale. I was behind the scenes. They were all my tracks. Yeah. Uh, so all all the tracks for the show were our music. Um, but yeah, they needed somebody to be on camera and be there all the time. I'm like, there's no way. Um, and then I don't remember who suggested Nikki. Um, I think it was Dante DiLoretto. Mm-hmm. Might have su- uh, suggested her to one of the producers, and then they they met her and they flipped out over her and like she's this is perfect. And then I was forgotten immediately. Yeah, it was just like over because she was so great. <laughs> Uh, she stole my big moment, I guess. Yeah. Did the That's reality it. TV show persona get to her head at all? Like, what was what was yeah. that like? <laughs> she was pregnant. She's like, she didn't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, uh, she liked it. It was weird because <clears throat> she was still work on the show. Um, she wouldn't sing as much when she's doing Glee Project. But I would get home at four in the morning and she's leaving to go do the show. And we just kind of high five in the hallway and like, have fun. See ya. Oh gosh! Crazy. We're just like two ships passing. This baton handing off seems to be a recurring theme in your yeah. work. That's insane. Yeah. It was a lot. Um, she enjoyed it, um, but then season two, when she was really pregnant with Noah, with our second kid, I had to like go to set and take her home and just pull her because I'm like, she's not yeah. doing it right, or she's nine months pregnant. Like, um, she she worked really hard. It was a great show. I was sad to see it end. Um, yeah. I got fired after the first season because I was an executive producer or something, season one, and then they realized she was really great. They didn't need me, and I was out. <laughs> oh, my God. We can do without you. I'm like, what the crap? <laughs> All my music people, and they're like, see ya. Yeah, uh, Nikki's yeah. stepping up. <laughs> that was the first budget cut in that show. Uh, that's okay. I had, a job. I had a day job. It was all good. Yeah. Uh, and now you and Nikki and a bunch of other Glee folk and a bunch of other very talented folks are, are made this amazing movie that I cannot um, rave enough about. Um, Journey to Bethlehem in theaters now as the release of this episode and will be on streaming eventually, I imagine. It'll be on Netflix eventually. I don't know when. Netflix, okay. It'll be on digital first, um, you know, on-demand thing on Apple. Whatever. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, it's in theaters all the whole holidays, but I hope it'll be on um, demand as well. Yeah. Not at Christmas. You can watch it over and over, but it's coming out uh, all over the world, 238 countries. That's incredible. Yeah. No. And I really implore all Gleeks and otherwise to, um, to watch this movie. It really is for everybody. And mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be for me. And I was like, I was proved wrong. I was like, I really, really enjoyed this. This is very fun. You had me on the, I think you said in the Kevin and Jenna interview that you, it was like the uh, birth of Christ, but told through Moulin Rouge lens. Yeah. And I was like, uh-huh. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, great. Uh, it is really honestly is for everybody. And, and I think you'll love it. And it's very, it's a great thing. You know, you know, when the study just came out that said the earlier, earlier you decorate and celebrate Christmas, the happier you are. So here's your opportunity. Oh. Journey to Bethlehem early now before Christmas and you'll be happier for it. 
that I love this campaign to be happier. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you felt you, weren't you smiling by the end? Come on. Exactly. Yeah. How could I not smile? They're having a good time and singing and it's laughs and it's Maybe great. There's donkeys, everything you need to, to have a good time. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for um for for spending time with me today, and um I can't wait for people to listen to this conversation. Yeah. You too. Thanks, Andrew. It's great meeting you. It's Gleek. Gleek of the week.